please turn also to the New Testament. Our text for this morning is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. <clears throat> we'll begin reading from Ephesians 6, 10 through verse 18. This also is God's holy word. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having taken on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. May we go to our God and ask for his blessings on the reading and also the preaching of his holy word. Our merciful Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that we can trust in your promises, that you are a God who can never and will never lie, that all of your promises are sure. Father, we thank you that all your promises are fulfilled in Christ. They are yea and amen in him. Father, we thank you that you have promised your people, that you have promised us eternal life, that you've promised us the forgiveness of sins, that you've promised your provision. You've promised your presence. Father, we pray in thanks for your word. We pray, Father, that you would strengthen our weak faith, that we would depend upon you all the more, that we would trust ourselves less. Father, help us to be mindful of the flaming darts of the evil one. We pray, Father, that you would guard us from these temptations. May we not be victim to them. May we take up the shield of faith as our protection. May our trust be in you in your promises. Father, we pray if any are here who have not committed their lives to Jesus Christ, we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would do that mighty work. We pray, Father, in thanks that you are the one who transforms lives. You are the one who saves sinners. And we pray that your Son would be exalted even this day. Your servant will be humbled. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Here we think about how it's the case that uh, some things in life don't change all that much. Some things change quite a lot. Obviously, in the description given uh, in the first century that uh, the weapons of warfare uh, were swords and, and bows and arrows. Uh, sometime well after that, there was the invention of gunpowder. Uh, supposedly it was used first by the Chinese, but it was only used for fireworks. It was others who took it and used it for, for warfare. And uh, even though there is the invention of gunpowder compared to this, they still use shields. 
we use those shields. And you think about how uh, there's a breastplate, right? So you have a rifle, the plate armor. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness and how a, a ceramic uh, breastplate or, or a ceramic plate armor is similar. But there's also ballistic shields. Ballistic shields uh, are, are used. They can stop rifle rounds, and they're, they, we use that to hide behind. Now, they're used to defend against different things, uh, back then, it was the flaming darts, uh, but now it's used to protect against bullets. Here, we think about how the similarity is regarding the spiritual life. That the, sh the shield of faith, which is the shield that is faith, and it's our protection of, against all the flaming arrows, flaming darts of the devil. That he'll come with all kinds of temptations to tempt us and to throw us off balance and to divert us from what is right and true and important. And that your defense, my defense, is to cling to the very promises of God, that we might seek his word, that we might consider what he has told us, that we would not be so quickly and easily diverted from that which is true and right. May our focus not come off of the Lord Jesus Instead, that we should focus upon him. Here, we think about how Ephesians presents the glorious Savior in our Lord Jesus Christ. That the Apostle Paul is wrapping up. He's speaking about how this armor is important to you and to me. We cannot get by in this life without it. Here, we think about what Satan does. That he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Satan, he cannot force us to sin. He cannot, cannot cause us to sin. He simply uses his temptations. For, for the unbeliever, uh, he, he nearly has no need. Right? There's so many things that will bring them down. That his snares, uh, his snares encompass uh, the unbeliever. His target is primarily the Christian. Because the Christian, you have in Jesus Christ everything that Satan wanted. So you think about his temptation to Jesus. Uh, if you bow down and worship me, then all these kingdoms will be yours. What he's saying is, hey, instead of going through the difficult path, instead of going through the, the life of suffering and shame, and eventually to, to receive uh, the, the crown of glory, why don't you just take the fast track route? Why don't you just go the quick and easy way? Just bow down to me and I'll give it to you. Here, Satan was the one who thought that there was an easier path. He thought he could win. He lost. And you who are in Christ, you have what he could not have. The angels have no possibility of salvation. And you as a human, believing in Jesus, do. That you have salvation secured for you. So the last thing he wants for you is to enjoy peace, harmony, unity, eternity with Jesus Christ. He wants to take that from you. Here's the truth, though. He cannot rob you of that. He cannot rob you of that. It is yours, right. kept in heaven for you. What he tries to do is get you to sin and rob you of your joy of it. Here, we consider Ephesians 6, verse 16. And what we see is that the shield of faith in your spiritual battle is trusting God in his promises even as you res resist Satan's temptations. The shield of faith in your spiritual battle is trusting God and his promises, even as you resist Satan's temptations. We'll look at this in two points. The first, the exhortation to faith in Jesus Christ. 
Second, the opposition to faith in Jesus Christ. So the first point, the exhortation to faith in Jesus Christ. We have it in the first half of verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Here, think about this shield of faith. The Romans used two different types of shields. Uh, one was the smaller round shield. Uh, perhaps children, you've, you've done it yourself. They used to make garbage cans out of metal, whether it be steel or aluminum. Think about it as the garbage can lid. Children, you pick it up by the handle and you try to use it as a shield. This, this was uh, the, the smaller Roman shield uh, used in uh, skirmishes, used in a melee. So when it was hand-to-hand, -hand, one one-on-one combat, they would use this smaller shield. That's not the one that the Apostle Paul is referring to here. The second larger shield uh, was the size of like a small door. You think about uh, a, a, a hobbit. If, if a hobbit were to walk through his house door, that, that would be the size of the door, about four feet, uh, four feet high and two and a half feet wide. This was a heavier shield. And it was typical for, for the Greeks uh, to use it in what's called the, the phalanx formation. The, the Romans used it uh, in what's called the is it called the testuga? It resembles a turtle, turtle, a tortoise shell. So they would use these shields, and it wasn't an individual soldier. It was many together in multiple lines. They would have a line of shields in the front, and they would have shields on the top. And it, it probably wasn't the case. It wouldn't have shields on the side, but typically they used this formation when they approached a, a walled city. So from the top, they would shoot down arrows at them, and, uh, and these soldiers then would, would be protected in the front and on the top. Here, this thing was like a door. And it was made out of wood. Two layers of wood with some kind of adhesive. Outside was covered with canvas and they would soak it with water. Uh, we'll get to the next section, why it was soaked in water. And this shield is likened to faith itself for the Christian water. This shield is faith. Here. The world oftentimes talks about faith. I talk to people who say, oh, yeah, I have faith too. And, and you have faith, I have faith. And, and here, the, the world commends faith. They, they, they like hearing about faith. What they don't like hearing about is faith in Jesus Christ and what that requires of us. So the world can focus on faith. Uh, but here, we think about true faith. True faith never focuses on faith itself. No. The, the world wants you to focus on faith. Hey, it doesn't matter what you believe so long as you have some kind of faith. You can have faith in a rock. You can have, you can have faith in, in whatever, in, in, in the, uh, the Christmas fairy. You can have a faith in the Christmas fairy, the tooth fairy, whatever it is. It doesn't matter so long as you have faith. And in fact, the world is excited about that. It's, if you have faith in something other than Jesus, well, that's good. Because that faith is worthless. Here, you know that you have false faith if the focus is on yourself, if the focus is on the faith. If there's faith in anything other than our Lord Jesus Christ, then let me be straight with you. It is a worthless faith. Right. It is a faith that cannot save. It is a faith that does not save. It is a faith that ultimately leads to death. 
without faith in that one worthy object, who is Jesus Christ. Faith is worthless. Here, we think about how faith must have the proper object. And that object, the only person, the only God who is worthy of faith is Jesus Christ. May you not be diverted from him. May our focus not come off of him. True faith focuses on the Lord Jesus and his merits, his power, his righteousness. Here we think about how these pieces of armor, perhaps you're able to tell in the sermons that there's a lot of overlap. It seems like I'm talking about the very, very same concepts each time. It goes back to the gospel. It goes back to faith in Christ. It goes back to righteousness and how in the gospel we obtain our righteousness. But there's a lot of interconnectedness regarding these pieces of armor. Notice that he speaks about how uh, there's the, uh, the taking up or putting on. So the first three items was... Uh, was this idea of putting on. It's putting on the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as, and as shoes, you put on your gospel footwear. But then here he says, taking up the shield of faith. There's also some type of redundancy. That the arrow that the breastplate of righteousness protects you from, well, the shield protects you also. So there's some type of redundancy. And, and there's no harm in having multiple barriers, right? You have your shield, and then you also have your breastplate of righteousness. There's nothing wrong with having a, a double protection. Here, we think about why this exhortation to faith is even necessary. And it has to do with the natural state of man. The natural state of man, a carnal man, is in unbelief. Luke 18, 8. I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Here, Jesus understands that faith is something that is exceedingly rare. It's because faith is what he alone gives. And outside of Christ giving the gift of faith, there, there is no faith. Faith does not exist. Here, we think also about when is this faith needed? There in verse 16, in all circumstances, or above all, it, translations are different, but when, when is this faith needed? It's needed in all circumstances, at all times. <clears throat> Here, we don't know when Satan will attack. He does, his attack doesn't come first with a knock saying, hey, are you ready for my attack? No, come back another day. It's, okay, I will leave and I will come when you're ready. No, he doesn't do that. He comes when you are especially unprepared. Here, we think about this saving faith or this justifying faith. Uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 86, answers, Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered to us in the gospel. <clears throat> so by this faith, uh, Christians believe to be true whatsoever is revealed in the word. This means that uh, we're, we're not at liberty to believe only some of the things that the Bible teaches us. That we ought to believe all that God has spoken in his word. 
So there's not a picking and choosing then. Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to believe the first half and not the second half or vice versa. Hey, you know, some of these things, they're in, they're in contradiction to the teachings of ancient and modern science. So you know what? I don't want to look like a complete idiot, so I'm going to reject those things and I'm going to believe science. But then as far as trusting Jesus for my salvation, well, I'll, I, I'm going to just... You know, cut off all the other things and just pare it down to that one thing. No, we can't, we can't do that. When God addresses it, then it is true. Here, when we think about uh, the, the mocking man who comes and says, hey, this is how the world was created. Well, you ask yourself, well, hey, I, I realize that you have some, you know, some you know, gray hair there. You seem kind of aged. But, you know, I, were, you, were you there when God laid the foundations of the earth? No. Well, well, how do you know that? Well, science tells us that. Well, well, who was there? Who was there when, when who, who witnessed those things? They, science is, is observation, is it not? Part of science is you observe. You come up with theories. Who, who was there to observe it? Well, you weren't. Well, who did you hear that from? Well, their theories are founded on unbelief. Their theories are founded on a rejection of God's word. Here, Hebrews. 11.3, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Here, we're reminded. God spoke it in existence. He said, let there be light. And there was light. So he, he spoke and the things were created. And, and, and here we have a testimony of God. This is how he created the word. He spoke and it happened. So you ask the, uh, the mocking man, hey, uh, how did you do it? Well, how did you witness it? I don't know. I didn't hear any voices, right? The voice here was, was God. He spoke it, and it was made. Faith embraces God's own testimony, not the, the claims of self-proclaimed experts who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Here, faith yields obedience to God's commands. Unbelief is demonstrated... Uh, by every man, by doing what is right in his own eyes. This is, this is the summary of the book of Judges. You look at the book of Judges, it says it multiple times, and it says it at the very end. And in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. You, you, you want to you think about the, the worst movie that could be possible, like fill, filled with all kinds of strange things, just, just make a movie out of the book of Judges. And you'd be like, wow, that's, that's really strange. Right? That is strange. And, and, and you think about how this is what happens when men disobey God and reject him. Here, uh, when we think about faith and your duty, my duty, to obey God's commands. True saving faith manifests itself in this no excuse making, no comparisons, no blame shifting, but humble obedience to God's commands, which are clear. There's no two ways about it. Some men will say, hey, it's not clear. You know, hey, this expert says this and that expert says that. Hey, no, God's commands are clear. We can't claim, can't claim, hey, it's not clear. I don't know if I should obey. We have to have the conviction up front. Romans 16, 26, but now is manifested and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith. Faith yields obedience to God's commands. 
Faith trembles at the threatenings that God gives in the scriptures. The unbelieving man hears the threatenings of God. And he says, those don't apply to me. Satan comes in and whispers, hey, hey, don't worry. At the end, he's going to forgive everyone. doesn't matter how you live. doesn't matter what you believe. Just go on living your life. You get to the end, he's going to forgive all of you. All right? He's just going to let you all into heaven. That's, that's how it's going to be. See, these are the lies that Satan tells. Instead, faith says, no, wait a minute. God has given a warning. I need to believe it. I need to heed it. Isaiah 66, 2, but to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Who trembles at my word. Do you tremble when God speaks? Or is it the opposite that God says, do not do that. And you say, that is the first thing I got to try. Because God is the one who's trying to rob me of my joy and my excitement of life. No. By faith, we should tremble at his word. We should heed him. We should believe him when he says, danger is danger. Here, faith also. Faith also embraces the promises of God for this life and that which is to come. Here, we ought to understand, faith doesn't lean upon the figments of our own imaginations, kind of bringing God in as as the magic tooth fairy of blessing. Hey, uh, this, this Lamborghini, this Porsche costs $150,000. And however many thousands uh, it would be each month uh, for the payment, I'm going to sign on that dotted line. I don't know how I'm going to make that payment, but you know what? This is faith. I believe God will pay for it for me. Don't do it. That's foolishness. That's not faith. God never promised you a Lamborghini. He didn't promise you a Porsche or a Corvette. Well, whatever. He never promised you those things. You might have to take the bus for the rest of your life. right? He never promised you a car, for that matter. <clears throat> Faith is believing on God's promises. Hebrews 11.1 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Yeah, imagine the life of Abraham. That Abraham had the blessing of, he, he passed through the promised land, right? He, he, he didn't live there. He passed through it, and God allowed him to see it. He says, hey, these, this land, this will be the land of your descendants. But by the way, they're going to be enslaved 400 years, and they'll come out with great possessions. And then you think, about, well, well, wait a minute, I, I, don't, I don't get to live in the land. I, I'm living in tents. But this is what faith is. Hey, I believe this promise that God, God will give that land to my descendants. And then you think about how Hebrews speaks by, hey, listen. Abraham never came back as God. Hey, uh, I'm going to get my land. My people will get my Hey, the, the land wasn't really the significance. You think about all the battles, all, all the fighting over the promised land. That wasn't the focus. Abraham knew the promise was heaven itself. Hey, listen, it's not the significance of that little strip of land. It's heaven itself that he was looking towards. Here we think about how faith described in this way, Hebrews 11.6, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That God must exist. If we, we have faith in Jesus Christ, we must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. He punishes those who rebel against him. 
here, we think about his promises then. This is not an exhaustive list, but we think about the promises that we hold to. This is what we're called to pray. We don't pray imaginary things. We pray God's promises. God's provision, his promise of his provision for the present life. That we ought to pray that he will provide for us our daily bread. He has promised that the righteous uh, will not grow hungry. He provides all that we need for life and godliness. He sustains us. God has promised to forgive and save sinners who believe the gospel. John 6, 40, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. Do you ever have any issues with guilt, with shame? Well, here, these are the promises that, that Jesus has given. So when the devil attacks, hey, listen, I have a solution for that guilt. I have, that, I have a solution for the shame. This is Jesus' promise that there is eternal life for those who behold and believe in the Son. Here we have God's promise that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. This is your comfort and great encouragement in your times of loneliness and fear. It's because God has promised he will never leave you nor forsake you. Here, we consider why there is the need for the exhortation of faith. Why is faith so important? Why is the devil attacking faith so readily? It's because faith in Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. It's not as if a faith uh, merits salvation. No, it doesn't. Faith doesn't merit anything. Uh, here we think about faith. Faith is merely the means, the instrument by which we receive the promises of God. And he had said that, that it's not works. Adam fell so that salvation by works is no longer a possibility. Once Adam fell, there was only salvation by grace. If God, if, if man was going to be saved, if man was going to ever enter heaven, it would only come through a mediator, who is Jesus Christ. It only comes through another, it only comes through grace, apart from works. God provided a way for sinners to be right with him. And it is only through faith in the perfect Savior, who is Jesus Christ the Lord. This is why Satan attacks faith. It is the only way that sinners can be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Are you believing? Are you trusting in Jesus Christ the Lord? He alone is your hope for forgiveness and eternal life. If you haven't, then trust in him. Realize that Jesus is called Lord and Savior because he actually saves. He saves sinners. Here, we also acknowledge that faith is of divine origin. It's not as if anyone uh, in his heart of hearts can 
muster up, can suddenly conjure up faith, that we, we get enough strength and we can just, just you know, get some faith to believe God's promise. No. God is the one who gives the gift of faith to sinners. Romans 12.3 For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Here, you as a Christian who are in this battle, you have to acknowledge that in this spiritual battle, your survival is you put on the full armor of God. This is what we see in the scriptures here. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Take up the full armor of God or the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. So if you do not take up the whole armor of God, if you only take up part of it, you don't take up any of it, then you will not withstand in the evil day. This is needed for you to persevere. It is your duty to grow in faith. It is your duty to overcome unbelief. Perhaps some people have challenged you. They've mocked you. Hey, how can you believe the Bible is true when there are this, 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 and this? So let's say that whatever this was that he raised or she raised with you, that you don't have an answer for it. Well, then you have a duty. Well, there ought to be answers for these things. And we have a rational faith. The world likes to say that, uh, that we have blind faith. But no, that's not what we have. There is a logical, legitimate answer to all of the attacks of which the world comes. And we have a duty to overcome this unbelief. It's not as if faith is exceedingly great. Jesus speaks about this very principle. Matthew 17, 20. And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for I truly say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Here. It's not as if the mustard seed was the smallest of all seeds, but it was a known seed that was small. It's not how big the faith is. Here, Jesus is saying, even with little faith, he accomplishes much. See, he, he doesn't say, hey, you need to have an avocado seed-sized faith. You think about, see the avocado, how, how big, it's like, like massively big. Right? Some, sometimes you get some of them with little seeds and big seeds. No, he's saying even a mustard seed. Here, we think about overcoming unbelief. That in, in Mark 9, you have uh, a man whose son had illness. And he comes asking Jesus if you can do anything. And Jesus wonders. He asks him about that. If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. And the boy's father cried to him saying, I do believe. Help my unbelief. I mean, this, this should be your prayer. This should be my prayer every day. That we do believe, but help us overcome our unbelief because we are of those of small faith. Here, if we reminded that the work of God in your life, the work of God in your life will be in proportion to your faith. Matthew 13, 58. Here we're told, 
in one of these towns that Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Did you catch that? He didn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief. We're told that he, he healed a few sick people and that was it. So it's because of their unbelief. Jesus said, listen, he's not working there. When you look at something completely different, the story about the Gentile centurion, Matthew 8, that this, is, this was a man of humility. He comes to Jesus and he says, hey, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. And he says, all you need to do is say the word, I trust, and my servant will be healed. And he had said, hey, I'm a man under authority too. And I tell this one, go, and he goes. And I tell this one, come, and he comes. So he says, listen, Jesus, I understand. You have authority over everyone and everything. You can tell this disease to go, and it will leave. And we're told that this man's servant was healed that very moment. So this is, this is the reminder that God's work in your life is in proportion to your faith. This should lift us out of any form of doom and gloom. We could think about all the problems that can come up. Or we can trust that God is the one who does mighty things. Even in and around those who have little tiny mustard seed faith. Here, we think also that faith is a means of your protection. 1 Peter 1.5 Who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That faith in Jesus Christ is your protection. Have you wondered about all the, the new stories that come up about various diseases and, and various attacks and, and various uncertainties and and is faith our protection? Hey, you know what? Uh, you, you look at the people of Myanmar, the instability of their country under a military coup. Well, who are those who are trusting in God? Listen, God, we know that you raise up new rulers. You bring down old ones. However, whatever method you use, whether it be a vote, whether it be a, a, a vote of, of confidence, or whether it be a a, a coup, the bottom line, God is in control. He reigns from on high. And for that, we can trust him. He is our stability. He is our protection. Here, we think also about how faith is a means of protection because along with it come the other graces. Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. With faith come, comes hope and joy and peace in believing. Meaning, true faith, you will have joy and peace along with you. So this is the first point, the exhortation of faith in Christ. The second point, the opposition to faith in Christ. In the second half of verse 16. With which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Here. Some versions don't quite emphasize the evil one. It's not the flaming darts of evil or of, of wickedness. It's the flaming darts of Satan. So it's the usual suspect, Satan and his demons. That they come looking for victims. Here, you think about these flaming darts. 
that in the ancient times, they used arrows, arrows made out of wood. Uh, tips were either of some kind of sharpened stone or metal. And what they would do is they would, they would wrap the arrowhead with some kind of wicking material, and they would dip it in tar, dip it in pitch, and they'd light it before they shot it. So what we have are two methods of injury. So if it were just the arrow, there would be the puncture or laceration. But with the arrowhead dipped in pitch that they light on fire, you have not only a puncture and laceration, you have the injury of burning. And then you have the fear of fire. I don't know if you know, but people don't really like fire, right? Fire is not a good thing. Animals inherently afraid of fire. And what happens when when that arrow uh, lit with pitch, when it hits an, an, an object, then that pitch will splatter. And that flaming pitch will continue to burn. This is why you have the shield made out of wood, but it was covered in canvas. It was soaked in water. You can imagine soaking, soaking it in water would make it heavier. Uh, but it was worth it. The weight was worth it because the water would then extinguish that, that burning arrow. Here we think about what these, uh, what these flaming darts are. They are temptations. They are temptations. They are temptations to pride. Just the very thought of, I deserve better than this. I don't deserve any of this from God. When we find ourselves saying those words, then the temptation to pride has, has come upon us. Temptation to hatred. Here we think about 1 John 2.16. speaks about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life. These are the three categories uh, Satan's temptations will come in one of these three ways. <clears throat> you think about hatred, right? We have, uh, that's probably a, uh, a function of pride, is that we hate others. That, that Satan brings discord. That Satan comes in and he says, hey, you can have that right away, right? It's the Burger King uh, motto, maybe not now, but in the past. Your way right away, right? This is, this is the, this entire thing about lust. Obey your thirst, right? That's Sprite. Hey, you think about some of these satanic messages, huh? <laughs> they, they come uh, marketing uh, and, and Satan while they, they go together, right? About greed. Hey, you don't need to work for these things. You can just take it for yourself. Hey, everyone has it. You, you deserve it, right? You think about how, uh, how quickly the, the messages come in so that theft, theft becomes justifiable, and he comes in with despair. He comes in with guilt. Huh. You think about how, how Satan is delighted when you as a Christian are living in guilt, living in shame, living in, in a joyless and hopeless situation. He loves this. Because then you're completely introspective, right? You're no longer looking out at, at what the Lord has called you to do. You're just staring at your navel. And he likes it when we stare at our navels because we're not very productive during those times. So these temptations are all forms of some kind of a bribe, right? But then he also comes with persecution, with threats. Comes with false doctrine, counterfeit gospels. Here, the simple matter of the defense plan is faith's response to the fiery darts. Faith's response is with God's promises. 
So this door, that, that big shield, the door, the four foot by two and a half foot, you're supposed to stand behind that. That's the shield of faith. That your role, your goal is to resist the devil. But resist him, firm in your faith. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And earlier in Ephesians 4, 27, do not give the devil an opportunity. Here, don't give the devil a foothold. When you think about uh, a, an invasion, how does an invasion typically work? Well, if one country is invading another, uh, historically they would come in ships. And uh, to, give, to give the enemy a beachhead, meaning you allow them to land, is bad news. That's, they can land and they can get their troops off. So you've got to keep them from being able to dock. If you can sink those ships, the best. Don't give Satan a foothold. Just think about the old-fashioned salesman. Hey, you open the door to the guy, you're already in trouble. right? You open the door, he can get his foot in the door. right? So you've got to pretend that you're not home. Right? You've got to pretend that you're not home. You, you open the door, you're, that, that's, that's big-time trouble. And you resist the devil by relying on God's promises. Remember God's greatness, his goodness, his mercy to you. Matthew 7, 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? Here, we need to ask ourselves, what is it that you really need in life? Here Jesus came. His parents were so poor, they couldn't even offer up a bigger sacrifice. At, at the birth of Jesus, they offered up two turtle doves. That tells you that they were a couple who was living in poverty. Otherwise, they would have been required to offer a bigger sacrifice. And when Jesus came, hey, there was no room at the inn. And even if there was room, they probably couldn't afford it. So they were living in a barn. Right? They had Jesus living in a, a, um, an animal trough. And we ask, well, why did God do that to his son? Well, were any of those things really essential for Jesus, who was coming as God in the flesh? The answer is no, they weren't. And, and so also you think about, hey, why, why don't we have the Porsche? Why don't we have, you know, the McMansion? Or why don't we have all these things? Well, are those things all proof of God's love to us? I mean, do we, do we need them? No, our, our treasures are eternal. Those are distractions. This is why in Proverbs, give me, give me neither poverty nor extreme riches. Right? We, we don't want to be in poverty and up stealing and shaming God, but we don't want all this wealth because God had warned his people about that. And when you become rich, then you will think, my hand has acquired all these things of myself. What need do I have of you, God? Dangerous. Dangerous. So we ask, well, why is it that for most of us, he gives us just enough that we get by? It's because he knows that we are weak of faith, right? The dangers that come with all this excess. But we ought never to doubt God's goodness, right? He is our Father who is in heaven. He knows how to give goods. Get we pride ourselves in knowing what our children like, what's good for them. God is far better, far wiser, far more loving. And we think about how 
Fear, anxiety, and worry often come. But we have defenses against that. Isaiah 41, 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Is there any reason why we ought to be anxious? Well, this word is our reminder we ought not to be. Regarding guilt, Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Oh, you mean guilt can be removed by thinking, meditating upon those scriptures? Well, that is God's design for you. That there is a defense against Satan's attack and there is an answer to every one of his lies. Satan comes with these lies. He wants to attack your identity. Hey, let your identity not be in Jesus Christ. You should be in something else. So long as you're distracted and you're separated. So he tries to attack identity in Jesus. He tries to attack your unity, your union with Christ. That's what these attacks do. Here, you think about God's wisdom. That certain temptations come up. And certain others, they won't come to you. But it's there for a reason. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. So here, we think about God is one who is wise. He protects us. He guards us. Certain temptations you cannot endure. He protects you from them. Here, we think about the stark reality of the opposition. The opposition of Satan will come, not to some Christians, not to the the unfortunate Christians. It comes to every Christian. 1 Peter 5.9 But resist them firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. You're not set apart and distinct in that way. Satan's desire is that you would be isolated, that you would think that you're forsaken of God, which you're not. Here. When you think about that man standing with that big shield, that's a pretty broad shield, two and a half feet wide, uh, pretty tall. But you realize that if the arrows start coming at different angles, there's not a lot of protection. This is why you need others standing next to you, standing with you. This is the importance of fellowship, the importance of the gathering of the saints. Are you in need of prayer? Then ask someone to pray for you. Are you in need of accountability? Then share with others your requests, your weaknesses, that others might bear you up in prayer. Satan wants you to think that you're the only one being tempted and that you're the only one who is weak and fails on occasion. Here, we ought to remember that you have in Jesus Christ your sure hope for victory. Think about what Jesus said to Peter. Luke 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. 
And you, when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. You realize that this same prayer goes, but think, for every one of the elect, not just Peter. So you think about how, how Jesus works. He doesn't say, hey, say, uh, Peter, when you fail, when you deny me three times, I'm going to hold it against you for the rest of your life. He doesn't say that. He says, and once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Are you thankful that Jesus is at God's right hand interceding for you also? Here, you think about faith and why it is so important. 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Faith as God has given you. Faith that is sustained by the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust that the, the Lord is sustaining you, accompanying you in this life. That you can trust in Him. That His promises are sure. That His provision is great. Here. We think about the means that he has given us, even the means of his word, the means of the sacraments, the means of prayer, that you and I ought to be diligent in using them, availing ourselves to them. And may we be those who desire to see the strengthening of our brothers. May we go to our God together in prayer.